0: To him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to God the Father, to him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The sermon text will be read in parts during the message, for now the Usual weekly introduction in the name of Christ. We have a a early summer sermon series going for a couple more weeks. It is life in this Pentecostal church after the Feast of Pentecost last month on the church calendar so much we see the work of the Holy Spirit and I think especially in our almost continuous epistle readings but some of you again although this is the third week of the series may wonder about the series title pentecostal church this is a lutheran church well we need to be bold to say we lutherans are a pentecostal church In the biblical sense of the word so often it is used that word only for what people consider sensational gifts of the Holy Spirit and so often it misses the basic fundamental pervasive work of the Spirit which which I think we're seeing in this series I have mentioned that that I would use the beginnings of these sermons to emphasize we need to watch how words are used in our world because people change meanings or substitute words and it changes attitudes and behaviors and values. I mentioned that this day, the Lord's Day, what is called Sunday, is not the weekend, it's the week start at our leadership retreat that came out of my mouth yesterday. The week start, and that changes the way you view Sundays. Last week, one of the more obvious examples, the definition of marriage has changed in our society and changed the God-given uh, ethics that he, he put into that word of a union of a man and a woman for life to the exclusion of all others. Similarly, another hot topic in our society, I ask you, what do we call what's in the uterus of a woman, I know it's Father's Day, not Mother's Day, but what's inside of her after husband and wife come together with intimate love for centuries, millennia in all languages, even indeed in the Bible, What's inside of her has been called a baby. Although their accepted medical terms, uh, zygote and fetus and embryo, sometimes miss the humanness of baby. Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1 said, The baby within me. Leap for joy. That's the same word used a few verses later in Luke chapter 2 of the one in the manger. Now born, pre-birth or after, it's a baby. We emphasize the precious sanctity of that human life. Pentecostal. I don't know if we're going to change Christendom with this sermon series, but we are Pentecostal. We have seen in this series from 2 Corinthians that that means the fundamental work most of all of the Spirit is to give us faith. We just confessed it using Luther's words. I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. The Holy Spirit has to work faith in our heart to help us see with our hearts what we can't see with our eyes, that eternity given by the work of Christ. Last week, we emphasized, again, two words starting with the same consonant, groaning and guarantee that we live this world, indeed, with groanings over our own sin and evil around us but the spirit groans with us in our prayers and the spirit is the guarantee of Christ's work in the word and sacraments. Today again, as we look at 2 Corinthians chapter six now, two words with a little alliteration, Paul moves on, this is a very practical, out emphasis today. And shows for him I think for all the marks of ministry the questions asked in the theme paragraph today to what even outwardly should we look to see and know that Christ is amongst us with his grace and guidance and glory the answer may surprise you it does even me when I am tempted to forget The apostle Paul emphasizes here his ministry as he had to do so often in his letters. People accused him of being a fake apostle, having seen Jesus later than the rest as one untimely born. And he had to emphasize the authenticity and genuineness of his ministry as apostle. He does it here in chapter 6. He says that he commends himself and Timothy and others ourselves in every way how by great endurance in afflictions hardships calamities beatings imprisonments riots labor sleepless nights hunger by all kinds of what would be called negative things. He does that later in chapter 11, emphasizing things even more graphically. Some of the same words, labors, imprisonments, beatings, near death, 40 lashes, five times he received them, three times beaten with rods, three times shipwrecked, Adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, and danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, toil, hardship, sleepless nights, hunger, thirst, without food, cold, exposure. And then he has this, and apart from all the other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches all these were marks of his ministry and that needs to be emphasized as a reminder to all of us we get to thinking that just the opposite are marks of genuine ministry outward success and contentment and calm But all these negative things really show our genuine imitation of Christ, our suffering in his name? I think the most faithful pastors I have ever met are not those who have had great, smooth, and outwardly successful ministries. They're the ones that suffered, that were persecuted that dealt with problems and apparent failure, maybe, but, but imitating Christ took those sufferings and sacrifices as evidence of their faithful ministry. I think today on Father's Day, we need to emphasize this, not only for fathers, but for all men. As, as, as we live, as. Leaders, we are sacrificial leaders. The calling of a father is to take all the negative things indeed in the family, in the church, in this world. Indeed, imitating the father. A chief characteristic of God in the most familiar verse of the Bible was that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He, his son, sacrificed. And the chief mark of ministry, controversial for 2,000 years indeed, is what? The cross, not this ornate, Adorned cross, but that ugly tree on the hill where Jesus suffered and died, that shows him the Savior, the servant. That's what minister means. And when those marks are there, the marks continue. I didn't complete the list here in chapter six after afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labor, sleepless nights, hunger. He goes on to emphasize indeed by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, genuine love, truthful speech, the power of God, weapons of righteousness for the right hand through the left. It's in the midst of our sufferings that those things bubble up and are seen. We haven't heard all the assigned readings in 2 Corinthians this year because of the date of Easter. And we missed the beginning of chapter 4 where Paul says, We have a treasure in jars of clay. Yes suffering, hurting, failing, it may seem, in this life. To show, however, the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Indeed, I can see in pastors, fathers, and others who have suffered the power of God working through them with Purity and knowledge and patience and kindness. I left one out of that list if you're following along on purpose. The Holy Spirit. There is the work of the Holy Spirit bringing forth all those divine gifts. In the midst of our suffering, our earthen jars. His treasure, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and those treasures are here, even in this section, elsewhere too. A couple of lines here. Paul then emphasizes in all this we have spoken freely to you. When, when we're not concerned with the earthly standards for success in ministry, it enables us to speak freely. Another characteristic of the Spirit's work is the boldness given to the early disciples. They didn't have really before Pentecost. We have in this Pentecostal church to speak freely. I remember the first time this dawned on me as a pastor, and I think it affected me as a father. When in a church meeting, trying to follow God's word indeed, Someone said, if we do this, we'll lose members. And out of my mouth, I hope it was wisdom, came this sentence, that cannot be our first priority. Speaking freely and boldly, the word of God with love, not trying to push people out of the church, but being faithful to God, even if it means the loss of all kinds of things, is our ministry. And Paul spoke freely and boldly. Indeed, he says, with heart wide open. We don't have to hide things. We can share our sin and confession and know it's paid for by the blood of Christ. We can share our weakness in all honesty and find Christ's strength in the body. And we can pray like we said last week with groanings, knowing that they're heard by God and he answered. Paul wants this for the Corinthians. He says, you are not restricted by us. There is that freedom and openness. He says in this translation, you are restricted in your own uh, affection." That's actually that wonderful word you see throughout the Bible, compassions. It's not that their affections, compassions, emotions are restricting them. They are restricted, the prepositions there in Greek, in them. They're not open for all kinds of earthly reasons. But when we see the true marks of ministry are not earthly things, but but God's divine gifts, that's when we are bold and unrestricted to share his good news. Indeed, that's when we have strength. You, you may know that Paul continued to talk about his, his afflictions and problems. Later on in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 12, that famous section where he mentions his thorn in the flesh. He said to keep me from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations. He did receive even outwardly some successes. A thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated, too proud. I have heard numerous theories about that thorn in the flesh. Perhaps you have too. I don't think what I'm going to show you is correct. I have seen this. If, if you can read it. If not, I'll read it to you. It's SpongeBob. And SpongeBob is saying, Hey, Paul, what are you doing? What are you doing, Paul? Writing a letter, Paul? What are you doing? And he writes, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. I wanted to end with a smile because that's part of it. We're going to miss also chapter 7 in this series, but there's a line there in chapter 7, verse 4. Paul says, in all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy because of Jesus and his spirit of work amongst us. Those are the marks of our ministry and life in this Pentecostal church. Amen. Please stand to sing the doxology to that hymn. Couple of minutes before our prayers for two special things first we do have for you on this father's day a a new uh, and inspiring video to see
1: hey dads we've watched you in the rough seasons walking your family through whatever came knocking at your front door sometimes they're just ordinary problems But you aren't any ordinary dad. You've led us with a steady calm that was rooted in a lot of prayer. You gave all the time you had, and even the time you didn't. Dads, you stepped up, staying up late to finish work, being the helping hand everyone needed on days that sometimes felt endless. You wrestled with online school, tackled homework you sometimes didn't even understand, You made sure we stayed connected to those we love. Dads, you stepped up and listened when we couldn't handle the circumstances of life, and found extra patience somewhere in your back pocket, even when things boiled over. You led us through trying to understand what was happening in the world, while pointing us back to the Word of God as our source for hope and comfort. Dads, you stepped up and brought fun and laughter whenever you could. But you also showed us that it's okay to feel deep disappointment and loss. Dad, you faced every day with courage, even in the face of uncertainty, and spent more than one sleepless night without any good answers or assurances. But you always made sure we knew this one thing that we are loved. We are loved by you and by God. Dad, we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Dad, for stepping up.